That's good. <laughs> I haven't had this before. Write in. Let me know what you think Tara's talking about. Hi, Basic Snitches time. This is the Tara. <laughs> I'm Tara. I am the Adam. And we are the Basic Snitches. The Basic Snitches. This is the last episode of this book, kinda, because we'll have a wrap up. Can the you... last chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Can you believe that we've done this for three books? We did three books. We read three books! I can't believe that we are going to, in a few episodes from now, begin Goblet of Fire, because I feel like Goblet of Fire is the major leagues. <laughs> like, I feel like that's no, when things... Goblet get... of Fire is like the major leagues. Like, we're serious at <laughs> well, that point. Once you get... Yeah, we haven't been serious in this book, if you know what I mean. But... Serious. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the first three have always been kind of, like, softer and stuff, and a little bit more playful. And then once you get to the fourth... First of all, the book, like, doubles in size. It's fucking huge. But also, subject matter and everything just feels so much different to me. So get ready. Uh-huh. Adam is enjoying a cookie. That's right. I have food in my Pause for Adam eating a cookie. Thank you. We'll talk about what we are excited for more in our wrap-up next week. We haven't done this for a few episodes. What's going on? What's oh, new? Because I think you have something new to share with I have a cat. What? You have a cat? You have a cat? I have a new cat. Oh, a new cat. Okay. I might have mentioned in chapter 20 that I was getting a third cat, and I did it. His name is Bentley. Obviously, you know that my other two are Busby and Berkeley. I had to do another B name. We already established that rule. We can't record this podcast if there are any animals that begin with anything other than B. I was very close to naming him Buckbeak, but... As I suspected, there are many times when I have to shout Busby Berkeley third cat name, and Busby Berkeley Buckbeak doesn't really roll off the tongue, so his name is Bentley. He is right now about 11 months, so he's like in the teenager phase. He's all black. Just the last couple days, he's started to acclimate better, but man, getting a teenager cat to get along with your two other cats at six and four is not very easy when you also have to work from home and all of that, so. But yay, new cat. Yes. Well, today we're at Natalie's recording. And we got pets. And we got pets. But next time, Bentley may be guest starring because he is very talkative. Yay. He's always singing around the house, so. Aww. What about you? What's been new? Nothing. I've been dog-sitting a little bit. It's been nice to have more dogs in my life. So. Cool. She's got more dogs. I've got more pussy. <clears throat> I know. We're all surprised. I will do the winner and loser of chapter 21. Lit. The loser of chapter 21 is Snape. I know everyone is shocked. Mm-hmm. He throws a fit like the fucking child he is. Fuck that guy. Deja vu, I know, because I've said this at least 400 times. Cork popping counter thing. And then, obviously, the winner of chapter 21 is Hermione. Yes! Yes. Is that it? Wow. <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> I nodded. Yes. They can't see you nodding. I was answering you. We're not filming this. They don't need to know that I nodded. You can just respond to my nod. She nodded dejectedly. I have feelings, too. I know you don't think I do, because I'm a bitch. <laughs> You heard it here first. Next up, I wrote a thing, but Tara's not going to read the thing. Because you're all tired of hearing my voice. Because this whole time, you guys, Tara doesn't know how to read. No. I've been just doing it in a Tara accent. (laughs) Isn't his Tara accent good? (laughs) It's really convincing. I didn't know there was a Tara accent to be had, but there you go. Yeah, it's potato bitch. I took a potato bitch (laughs) accent course, so I'm just like Tara. So, Brian, our special guest from the last episode. Take it away, Brian! 
Chapter 22. Owl Post. AGAIN?! Harry and Hermione have ten minutes to get back to the hospital wing. This should be no time at all since Hermione got to one-eyed dick witch in fifteen minutes from the Gryffindor common room. They encounter Fudge Packer, Fudge Pack, and Snape, and Peeves. Not that Fudge Packer was Fudge Pack and Peeves, too. Those two are separate. But get back just in time. Then they start packing fudge in the mouth holes per Pomfrey's orders. And hear another howl. No, not Haggard this time. Snape's and girl, he mad. He comes back down screaming that Sirius escaped because of Harry. Looks like Snape is the one who deserves to be suspended at this point. His unprofessionalism has gone way too far, has it? Just wait. Fudge Packer is there too, only for the sole purposes of announcing that he'll be making the sheets with a hole go away. Pomfrey basically bitch slaps Snape out of her hospital wing, and Hermione and Harry tell Ron everything that happened when he comes to. The next day, Hagrid's like, Buckbeak escaped! And the Trio are like, we been new. He's also like, Lupin's a werewolf! And they're like, we been new. But you know else who been new? All of the Slytherins, because Snape let the wolf out of the bag. Whoop! There it is! Also, Lupin resigns, so Harry goes to see him. Lupin is chill as usual, basically saying that when the news goes out, no parents will want a werewolf teaching their children, and last night served as a reason enough that he shouldn't be. He gives Harry the Marauder's Map back and the Invisibility Cloak. Lupin is the shit. Dumbulb comes by to sadly bid him farewell with the rest of us. Harry is a sad panda, and Dumble's like, cheer up, buttercup, but he's like, I can't, skinny dick isn't dead. To which Dumble responds by looking down his pants, and then being like, oh, you meant Pettigrew. To which he actually responds by saying, hey, don't worry, Trelawney made a prediction, which is cool, sort of. And now you have this special bond with skinny dick, because you saved him. And hey, one day you'll be glad you saved him. Also, your Patronus is a deer, just like what your dad turned into. That's cool, huh? You found a piece of your dad inside you. Wish I could find my dad. There's all these other rumors. Blah, blah, D D Draco's butt hurt. Percy wants police reform. We are all Percy for once. And they get back on the Hogwarts Express. <sighs> Another year down. Oh, but wait. A cute little owl is like, hey, mail for Harry Pot Pot. And guess what? It's from Sirius. He's like, chill, I'm okay, but I ain't tell you where I is. Just had to tell you that I gave you that cool broom. Also, I give you permission to go to Hogsmeade. Also, text me whenever. Hedwig knows my number. Also, give Ron this owl. What? <laughs> so alas, Harry goes to live with the Mugfucks again, but this time with the knowledge that his godfather is a murderer. Stay tuned for season four of Basic Snitches, Harry Potter and the year when the Dursleys' house finally blew up just like that dumb bitch Marge. Yeah. I had to end this book with mentioning Marge again. Sue me. <laughs> thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Th thank you, Tara. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> wow, that was beautiful. Wasn't yes, that a beautiful Brian. thing. I loved it. You read it very nice. What did you think about the writing of it, though? It was great. Thank like all of them are because Adam is so great. Uh, all right, let's talk about this chapter. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready to talk about this chapter. Ready? Okay. Why are Snape and Ready? Okay. <laughs> Why are Snape and Fudge BFFs? They're like fucking around. They're like sucking each other's dicks in the hallway. Well, I Filch is jealous. I mean, Filch is definitely jealous. We already talked about how Filch's filing cabinet is named Snape's butt. <laughs> but yeah, there's this whole point where Fudge is stroking Snape's ego, among other things, about getting the whole, like, Order of Merlin and bullshit like that, which is also what Fudge names his dick. Madame Pomfrey just trying to do her job. I'm so oh, annoyed for her. There's also chapter. Peeves. 
Peeves is around just being annoying. Like, I forgot Peeves existed for a second. I like to forget Peeves exists. But then, very quickly, we get into them going up to the tower and realizing that Sirius is not there. This pure satisfaction (laughs) of knowing that Snape won't be getting his praise. And then, also, when they get back into bed after accomplishing this... Can you imagine the feeling of, like, accomplishment? Right. Well, they ran around like crazy for an hour or so. Literally, that's... That's it. That's it. They just ran around like crazy. (laughs) Like crazy. Saved a couple lives. You know, no big deal. And then Tara's husband has a tantrum in front of everybody. What the fuck? Yeah, that's right. Neville's here. (laughs) Neville is not here. We had Snape's grudge a couple chapters ago. This should be called Snape's tantrum because that's he, this is really where he pops off. He literally is like ridiculous. I love that Fudge is like, oh wait, he's kind of not right. Yeah. You know, in the last chapter, I feel like when Snape was kind of getting all high and mighty at the beginning of the chapter, I kind of felt like people weren't really buying it. And this is another moment where everybody in the room is kind of like, whoa. I almost feel like there should be some corrective action to Snape at this point. I mean, he's doing it in front of the minister. He's doing it in front of Dumble. He's doing it in front of Quinn Pomfrey. Behaving like a child. He makes some claims earlier about a student under the confundus charm. Now, what does it look like to be making these completely unbounded comments about a student having something to do with letting this criminal be let go? I mean, we all know now that Sirius is innocent, but everybody else in the room still believes that he's guilty. No one knows the truth except for Harry and Hermione and Dumbledore and and obviously Ron. Ron. So Snape coming in and accusing this child in front of the Ministry of Magic is pretty insane without any claims or anything. I just like when Madame Pomp is like, Professor Snape. Snape, what the fuck? Shut up. This is my place of business. That's literally the line uh, from the book. That's when Fudge is like, you need to calm down. I don't think there's reasoning for him. Because like I said before, he's capable of understanding and being in control of himself. And he's just not. I wonder if at this point, it's <clears> just <throat> been the buildup constantly throughout this entire book. I mean, it started maybe in the werewolf lesson. And then there was some of it within the Snape Grudge chapter where he should have just given him detention. And then maybe it's been building up to this moment. I think it, you're right. It's not an excuse by any means. I had mentioned in the last chapter about how there might be some understanding of him knowing that Harry does know the truth and that this is just something that he's putting on to maybe get back at Sirius and everything too. So maybe that's also where some of this is coming from in that Harry is clearly the one to kind of like make the scapegoat in this instance. I think you're right. Even though I keep saying that, yeah, like you're capable of being an adult in the situation, it still builds for him. And finally, when he thinks he's going to be triumphant, he's not only not triumphant, but it's like thrown back in his face Mm -hmm. and he just looks real bad. Yeah. Fudge is kind of reasoning with some of this and kind of looking at Snape in a different way. But then Fudge also has finally the decision to get rid of the sheets with a hole. Thank God. But then what he mentions is dragons. I know. And then Dumbledore is like, oh, Hagrid would love that. And I'm like, that would be great. Foreshadowing for next book. Foreshadowing for the next book. But also, like, isn't that also dangerous to fucking students? Welcome to Hogwarts. Are dragons easier to train to not go after your students? I don't know. I haven't seen that How to Train Your Dragon movie. Don't they teach you how to train your dragon? I don't know. I haven't seen it either. (laughs) Do you know how to train your dragon? I don't know. They'll hire Charlie Weasley to bring in dragons and be like, 
Bitches protect the school. The end. Or they could just call Simply Safe. I already talked about this on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, also like, they could do a better job of fucking charm. That's right. Stuff. Make fucking Flitwick charm the doors a little bit more. To be well, like, also if Sirius Black out. is the only one that gets in because he can turn into a dog, I think that it's probably pretty good already. Well, as far as we know, I mean, three children were able to <clears> become <throat> Animagi. How many other children out there can turn into well, dogs? Well, I think that it's whether or not they're registered. I don't think you're born with it. I think that you no, learn. No, that's the thing. You like yeah. I, so, so how many other probably people all learned? kinds of kids are like, oh, I'm not registering. I will turn into a hedgehog and is that what I, you would be? Would I be a hedgehog? I don't know. Sure, I would be a hedgehog. Now I'm trying to think. What animal would I be an animagaia? This is important. This is important. I mean, my Patronus is a magpie. You already talked about that. Yes. I would be a boa constrictor. That would be cool. Yeah. Because then I could, I already know there's pipes up in the school. Oh my God, we could have so much fun as a hedgehog and a boa constrictor. That sounds like a buddy cop movie right there. <laughs> a boa and a hedgehog? How did those get along? I don't know. Well, they would because we're friends. Okay. Hold on. Now I'm rethinking this. Like, maybe a boa constrictor. <laughs> I don't have, like, arms and shit. So that's going to be a hindrance right there. But I do. I can help you. Oh, thank you for being the arms to my Well, non- that's why they had a fucking dog. rat help them get behind the, in the tunnel of the tree for a giant ass dog and a giant but like, buck. If I have to <laughs> fight a werewolf, I feel like it's harder for a boa constrictor to fight a werewolf. It's true. But you definitely don't want to turn into a magpie. No. What if you were a lion? A I can't be a lion. lion. I'm not a Gryffindor. That doesn't mean anything. Lions are proud ass bitches. I so know. Can be I proud. can look at your face and realize that. Also, you were the lion in that show. <laughs> I was. I was also snake in that show. You were also snake in and that I show. And I was also bird in that show. Yes, but the lion was the biggest one, and you wanted to be able to fight. That lion was also gay. So it's you, okay. You've already said you're a gay lion, you're Scar. I you didn't say that I'm a gay lion. Gay li- yeah, you did. I didn't say that. I, <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I, have, I have receipts. Where's the proof? Where's the proof, bitch? I have receipts. Can I say that I was a gay lion? <laughs> I totally have a text somewhere from that. Okay, are you reaching in your butt for your phone? <laughs> Is that where you keep your phone? She keeps her phone. She has a secret compartment in her thigh. It's hollowed out. Are you literally going to find that text right now that says, hello, it's me, Adam. I'm a gay lion. Have a nice day, Tara. Um, It's on our basic snitches Instagram. What, the picture of me as a lion (laughs) that you posted to our basic snitches Instagram? It just says, he's a gay bitch lion. What else do you want? You posted a picture of Scar as being your Disney character. He's not my Disney character. I mean, you know what you are. You're a, you're a gay hedgehog. Yeah, okay. So, I guys. Think we end the episode here. We've gotten everything that we need. That's all. So, anyway, I'm we'll not going to be a lion. My anime guy is not a lion. To be determined, email okay. us. What should we our anime guy be? I already said I'm a hedgehog. Okay, I'm un- undecided. They're very cute. Put a poll on our Facebook. Okay. Gay I love lion, bow constrictor, naked mole rat. Your choice. Flee. Flee. <laughs> Those are the only options. <laughs> what should I turn into? All right. So anyways, anyway, in this chapter, what we, were we doing? We're, oh. I, think, I think we're done in the hospital wing. Ron wakes up and he's like, what happened? And Harry's like, Hermione, you got this. I'm going to eat some chocolate. Yeah. So then they're like chilling on the front lawn. They're like, okay, cool. All is well. The squid is back. The squid. That's what I am. And my animagus is the squid. You can't be that squid. He's yes, I can. There. Yes, I can. Then there'll be two squids. I'm going to kill that squid and be like, I'm the squid. Here I am. I'm so sad. I love the squid. No offense, squid, but I want to be the squid. So they're so. hanging out. The squid is nearby. The squid's waving. 
before Adam murders him. That's right. I love that squid. I'm sorry that I have to kill you, but... (laughs) And then Hagrid comes over and he's like, I should be sad, but it's fucking great because Buckbeak's gone. He flew away or something. (laughs) (laughs) He flew away or something. No, he called an Uber. (laughs) He called an Uber. And they're like, great. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, that's so good. I can't imagine how that happened. And then he's like, yeah, if you think that's crazy, listen to this gossip. Lupin. Is a, is a werewolf. werewolf. And they're like, oh my, oh my god. god. And, and then like, you find out that fucking Snape told all the Slytherins that Lupin is a werewolf. Again, like, if there wasn't a last draw already. That's really a low blow. He's still one of your colleagues and you're doing this? Very bad. Bad Snape. Very bad. Racist fuck. Well, he is racist, but, well, racist against werewolves? Werewolves or, isn't necessarily a race. It's like how people are against Hagrid because he's half giant. You know, Whatever. Oh, fair. Yeah. He's I mean, I'm not fuck. saying that Snape isn't racist. I think it's very clear that he's probably racist. He's a prejudiced motherfucker, and Lupin is the most recent victim of his prejudice. I think the, the overarching thing to me is that, I mean, I've said it already. It's a teacher who is talking about one of his colleagues in a way that he should not be talking about. Yes, but agreed. What if any other teacher, let's say Flitwick, started talking about Snape's rampant alcoholism to his students? Mm-hmm. Would Flitwick get fired? Probably not, because Dumbledore doesn't do shit. Love him, but he doesn't discipline people, so... There's some reform needed a little bit at Hogwarts. So uh, then Harry has to, like, run to Lupin, because Lupin's leaving. Yes, and this is where I just wrote, Lupin is such a solid bitch. I literally just sobbed through the rest of the chapter. Lupin's resignation. I hate that he has to leave because of discrimination, but I also love him for being like, this is what happened. I could have hurt you. And he's, he owns up to it. And it's so smart. I don't think he leaves because of discrimination. Well, I think it's him taking onus, but also just kind of realizing. I think had he been like, okay, I could do better next time this won't happen then he still would have been outed because of him being a werewolf. I think that that was kind of the final straw because he always knew this could happen, but he was careful all year round. And then this happened and it was his realization of, I could have hurt them, that it made it his decision. His decision versus him being pushed out, but he would have been pushed out. You know, the way things were going, if it were that Lupin decided to stay and Dumbledore decided to keep him after what snape did it is very likely that yes you know even if he came back the next year he wouldn't be around for long it was just doomed when he goes back harry the marauder's map him realizing like what his boundaries are and everything Mm -hmm. as a teacher and saying you know i'm not no longer in this position have the map back also have he gives Harry's cloak back to him all of that is really beautiful i love the part where he's like you said that the makers of the map would have wanted to lure me out of the school when lupin says that to harry earlier in the book he's throwing caution to the wind but in this instance when harry says that he's like your dad would be sad if you didn't find any secret passages out of the school you're his kid and harry's like honey (laughs) i don't already done that but still it's him realizing that hey i'm no longer your teacher now i can be your friend and there's more closure with Lupin in this moment than with Sirius. So in this instance, you do get the feeling that, okay, we're going to see Lupin again. Where in the previous chapter, it isn't so clear that Sirius is going to necessarily be right. someone you see again. I mean, it's... At the, end of the, at the end of this chapter, you definitely are like, yeah, we're going to see Sirius yes. again. There's just a lot of mixed feelings here. I mean, Lupin leaving, Pettigrew escaping, <laughs> but also like the huge achievement that happened in the previous chapter yeah there's a lot going on and it kind of 
culminates when Dumbledore comes in and is like, hey, bitch, why are you so sad? I love this scene. <laughs> yes, like Dumbledore is saying that you should be proud of what you've achieved, but then not even the whole thing of like Sirius is still seen as a guilty person or that Lupin is having to like change the course of his life and, and resign, all of that. But the thing that he is like really set on is Pettigrew escaping, which is natural, I think. Yeah. But the fact that he brings it back to like what Trelawney predicted. This chapter has so many things that are important to the upcoming books. Like mm. when Harry tells Dumbledore about Trelawney's prediction and he says, oh, that would bring her number of correct predictions up to two. And ha ha ha, that's funny, but it's also really, really important in this main storyline. He's like, I don't want Peter Pettigrew to be in my, he doesn't want to be connected to Peter. And Dumbledore's like, that's important. You're like, oh, this is a nice wrap up chapter. Holy shit. You know, I was going to say at the end of this episode, but I'll say it now. Like, this is, I think, the first time in comparison to the last two books where you get to the end and there are so many more, like, loose ends. And it really feels like the story needs to continue. You know, there's more loose ends definitely at the end of Chamber of Secrets, but here there's so much more established. There's a lot of setup. Yes, and more of like, hey, will we see this person again? Hey, what does this mean for the future? We've talked a lot about time and the future and stuff, not only with the time turner, but with Trelawney in this book. This whole conversation with Dumbledore really like wraps that up nicely as like, hey, something to keep in mind for the future. Y'all know that I've been criticizing Trelawney a lot, even though I love her so much, but I can't help but think that Dumbledore saying that is just him being like tongue in cheek. Oh, like, oh, oh. that's <laughs> it Dumbledore. It brings it up to two. Because, like, she predicted Banky or whatever the fucking rabbit's name was. Right. There was a lot of technicality on that, which is what, you know, Hermione yeah. or like, points out. But well, and another thing being, oh, one of us will leave forever. Right. Guys who love following that stuff with Trelawney because of, like, those technicalities. But this is clearly the way she makes the prediction and stuff. And, like, she goes rigid yes, and stuff. Yes, we talked because, about a lot of that, too. Because she doesn't realize she's making that prediction. And, spoiler, this other prediction he's talking about... She never realizes she makes either. Yeah, I just think that it's interesting, too, when we're talking about predicting, in that Dumbledore also makes the prediction about, like, hey, you'll be glad that you saved his life. I I touched on it lightly in the last chapter about how they had that conversation when they were waiting for everybody to come out of the Whomping Willow. Oh, maybe it was James that cast the Patronus. Mm -hmm. Then Dumbledore here saying the whole thing about how you kind of found James within yourself. That really wraps up this book nicely for me. Like the whole thing of like, hey, you may have met the other three Marauders this year. You also kind of like came more in touch with your dad. That's what the beauty is in this like last part of this book. I widely have said that this is probably my favorite of all seven books. I don't think I necessarily touched on that in the past. I wasn't focusing so much on James as I was the like tangible characters. Really, really enjoy that Dumbledore is the one to tell him that. I want to ask your thoughts on something Dumbledore says here. Last night, Sirius told me all about how they became Animagi. So that's when he admits to Harry just now. So Dumbledore just now finds out that James was a stag when he turned into um, his animagi form. He compliments them on being able to keep it from him. And then he says, and then I remembered the most unusual form your Patronus took when it charged at Mr. Malfoy down at the Quidditch match against Ravenclaw. So my question is, when the Quidditch match against Ravenclaw happens, Lupin comes up behind him and says, nice Patronus. Harry does not realize at that moment what his Patronus does. He's just Mm. so focused on the snitch. In these last two chapters, you have Lupin learning that Harry's Patronus was a stag, 
and you have Dumbledore learning that Harry's Patronus is a stag. So did Harry produce a full stag Patronus at the Quidditch match? Because it sounded like Lupin didn't know it was a stag or wouldn't he have said something? Because that's my, my thought. thought. This entire time is that was a full Patronus. I don't necessarily know if it's something that Lupin would have brought up. It's been mentioned very, very seldomly in this book that the Patronus like takes form of an animal. I don't think that that really becomes a huge thing until book five. Also, I almost wonder, you know, Lupin comes in only in this book. We talk a lot about how nobody ever tells anything to Harry. Lupin <laughs> is the first one to really do that. Mm -hmm. So maybe Lupin is assuming that a lot of the other teachers, like McGonagall and Dumbledore, have already told him these things about his family, too. I don't necessarily know if Lupin would have thought to be like, oh, hey, nice Patronus. It's a stag, just like what your father was. Even in the yeah. Shrieking Shack, when they are talking about the Marauders being an animal guy, things were so tense there, and like there is the moment where Harry is like, "Oh my gosh, what animal was he?" But I almost wonder if, like, based on like shifting tone and just like overall dramatics that are happening, is something got passed over? Oh yeah, those scenes are definitely dramatic enough that that just gets left out. Yeah, perhaps even Lupin thinking, "What do you mean? Like, you must already know because you've been told this kind of stuff." To answer your question in the longest way possible, <laughs> I think that probably at the Ravenclaw match, it was a full Patronus. Nobody had the opportunity to tell him or they didn't think that it was their place to tell him. That's something else that I've kind of talked about is I think a lot of the teachers in this book have constantly been like, it's not my responsibility to tell this right. stuff. Speaking of drama, after that match, it very quickly became so celebratory. You know, we talk a lot about how like that was a huge party they had almost like they had won the cup at that point yeah so there was almost like not an opportunity for anybody to talk about the patronus because yeah. it was like him catching the snitch was a bigger thing this of course is the kind of big discussion with dumbledore that happens at the end of every book so far yeah of like wrapping everything up and kind of finishing out any kind of loose ends about what has happened we definitely got it in the last book in his office ron after the whole basilisk incident we got it in the hospital wing in the first book mm -hmm. where he talked about flamel and all of that right and then after this is where we get okay so here's what happened with everything else there's mm -hmm. the note on Draco being butthurt, of course. I already talked oh, about yes. that thing. With Percy, the whole, like, law enforcement. We always have talked about how keeping an eye on Percy is important. So yeah. that's a little interesting thing to note. I like how it's literally, like, he told the only person who would listen, his girlfriend. <laughs> Fucking Penelope. Also, Hermione got 320% on muggle studies. Charity is aptly named. Right, professor. Also, how much fucking <laughs> extra credit does she give? Right, out? but she does say, you know, that she's gonna drop yes. it. So she drops she an extra class, turns in the time turner. Mm -hmm. She's obviously not gonna go back to divination. Yes. So for her, fuck Mary kill. She says, kill divination. Fuck Muggle studies. Mary arithmancy. Yeah. Everyone is like, I wonder what kind of teacher we'll have next year. Maybe it'll be a vampire. Vampire. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was cute. I think it was Dean Thomas. It's or... probably worse but we'll get there eventually. Yeah. And then we have this more on the train. Oh. Pidgewidgeon is so cute. Oh, yes. He, we don't get his name in this book, but that's going to be his name. Yes. I love this final scene. Ron calling it a felitone or whatever. Super cute. About using a telephone to talk to Harry. Yeah, yeah. And inviting Harry to go to the Quidditch World Cup. Mm -hmm. Then they get the letter from Sirius. Yes. 
And that's a beautiful way to end this book. Because he isn't going to live at Grimald Place, I feel like some of these things are kind of a nice consolation, I guess. I mean, going back to the Dursley sucks. But things like, hey, maybe you can come to the Quidditch World Cup, I think is a big... Yeah comfort and something else to look forward to well and harry just knowing that sirius is safe and the way that he is taking care of the situation like he says i'm gonna let some muggles glimpse me far away from hogwarts so there's no security hanging out there he's like don't worry i'm safe and i've got buckbeak and we're gonna figure it out and he like explains some i apologize for frightening you when you left for like the yeah, night, that uh, the was, night that bus was a and nice stuff kind of call back but also just even mentioning oh hold on crookshanks took the order Crookshanks! Like, Explaining that Crookshanks is amazing. Yeah. That was a big one to me, because I had even asked, like, how the fuck is he actually placing the broom thing? And it being Crookshanks, who we've been calling a Quen this whole time. I love that Ron asks Crookshanks if it's definitely an owl. I think that's so cute. It's almost like, hey, it's like, what I, you, I can, like, treat you approval? like a normal... Well, not only that, but just him recognizing, hey, Crookshanks, you aren't so bad. I mean, you're not bad at all. You knew all along. All right. I mean, you know, how was Ron to know, obviously. I know, I love the asking Crookshanks for approval. And I also love that we get to see the Weasleys. Yeah, and they have that like little hug moment. I know. And Vermin. Vermin. Vernon, <laughs> I could Vermin. Call it Vermin. Fine. His name is Vermin from now on. I can't believe it took us three books to get to that. <laughs> Vernon kind of like rolling his eyes at the Weasleys. And then this last little thing of being like, hey, my godfather's a serial killer. I love that so much. Yeah. You know, I touched on it in the, a couple minutes ago about how this book really does feel the most incomplete, which is fine. This is the one that I think makes me the most excited to see what's next. Yes. I mean, even now, after having read the series twice already and like knowing it very well from the movies, the end of this book to me feels a lot more exciting than the last two. You're feeling it, Bill. Like, the end of the book is not a happy ending. Yes, Sirius is no longer in prison and we know the truth about him, but we know he's still on the run. We see the corruption building in the ministry. Mm. We see Peter Pettigrew got away. But then we also have Harry looking forward to things. Yeah, this ending is really kind of like, so much is coming. Yeah. I love it's it. It's more of a stable ending than a happy ending. On that note, fuck, Mary kill. This wine is very good. I like it a lot. That, that Oh, Brian is Brian, still here. Oh, Brian, we didn't even see you there. We uh, thought we'd do another episode while Brian was drinking all the wine. It's a very good wine. I like the wine a lot. It's good wine. Also, he drank a lot of wine, so... Because he is on basic snitches, and that's what we do. That's what we do. You want to fuck Mary Kill with us? I would love to fuck Mary Kill with you. It's great. I love it. I bet you guys can guess what my fuck Mary Kill is. What is it? Philosopher's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban. Now that we finished three books. Not what I thought we were going to say. Not at all! Oh, what did you think I was going to say? I don't know, but I, I thought Pigwidgeon was going to be involved. Oh, I'm Mary Pigwidgeon. We already had an owl fuck Mary Kill. That was maybe... That was actually maybe the first chapter of this book. Alright, I know my answers. Yes. I'm going to kill Chamber of Secrets, just because it's my least favorite out of the three. I'm going to marry Prisoner of Azkaban, because it's my favorite out of the three and I love it. And I'm going to fuck Sorcerer's Stone, because it's the first, so it's like the virgin book. So it's like fucking the virgin. Oh, very nice. Actually, okay. As he sips his wine. As he sips his wine. My empty glass of wine, which I need to refill. Is it more cashmere? Yeah. Tiny little glasses, sad. 
Y'all snitches got me drunk. That's what we do. Welcome. I am going to fuck Prisoner of Azkaban because I feel like it's a wild ride and that could be good times. Mm. Also going to kill Chamber of Secrets, but not because it's my least favorite, but because there's literally a giant spider in it and that's terrifying. So kill it with fire. Gonna marry Sorcerer's Stone because it is a great foundation and it's lovely. Originally, I kind of felt what Brian said. However, through the process of doing this podcast, I have like grown a little bit in terms of like how I feel about each book. I still think that Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite. So I'm gonna marry Prisoner of Azkaban for sure. But I like your reasoning for fucking Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm actually gonna marry Chamber of Secrets because not marry. <laughs> I'm gonna marry I'm gonna marry Prisoner of Azkaban and I'm gonna marry Chamber of Secrets. I'm gonna marry Boxer Stone. No, I'm going to fuck Chamber of Secrets. And I think the reason why is because this previous read through gave me so much more richness of Chamber of Secrets and the buildup and the things that are necessary in it. And it's pain for me to say this because I still kind of think that Philosopher's Stone is still my second favorite book. And it is a good foundation. But in the whole scheme of the story, while it sets things up nice and gives us all the main information that we need all throughout the series about who Voldemort is and who Harry's background is and all these other lovely characters and everything, because it does kind of wrap everything up nicely in a bow, I'm gonna kill her. Okay. Which is very sad. It is very sad. It reminds me of Christmas, but... Um, okay, have fun with the spiders in, the, in your bedroom. Right? Ew. Now, my, the, now I have a big old spider puss. Ew. It's that. literally called Chamber of Secrets. Yes. You, you're gonna tell me that you're not gonna stick your basilisk in that Chamber of Secrets? Why would she stick her bed? Do you have a basilisk? <laughs> yes, we've established this. It's pretty great. I've mentioned it on the Why didn't I know this when we were married? Kara has a big <laughs> We could have stayed small. married. What's different in the movie? Oh my god. Uh, well, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to answer my own question. You didn't answer fast enough. I know. Sirius covers everything that Dumbledore says in the previous chapter. Right? Sirius, it's all Dumbledore's lines. That's right. We go right into the Lupin stuff. I do kind of feel like Lupin's scene takes care of everything nicely. It's nice. I could have used more of it. It does give the kind of like the flashback to the Bogart scene. I agree. I think that I could probably have used a little bit more of Lupin kind of relinquishing his power of a teacher. Maybe like even handing him the map. This would have been a nice place to be like, hey, guess what? We're the Marauders. Still no explanation of the fucking map. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, here you go. Have this map back. Yeah. Knows the right words and everything to right? use. Right? Right. Yeah, I wonder how and why. He's, he's a real fucking good wizard. Couldn't be that he's one of the creators of the map. It's a Zonko product. We already it's talked a Zonko about this. product. I love his little <clears throat> case of costumes. His costume is, it's a suitcase. It's a suitcase. <laughs> but like, it's one of those fancy ones that's like a trunk that opens up and it's got right. a drawers. He's got a cane. And he's also like, I've been looking like we're shit. Trust me. They make him look pretty rough in that scene. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore doesn't even, like, get to have a moment. Nope. He's still drinking like, his brandy Dumbledore's, the night before. Yeah, literally, the last thing Dumbledore did was, like, look at Harry and Hermione like they're crazy. And that's the last thing he does in the movie. Yep. I do love that little moment, though. At oh. the end, when he's, like, exiting and they're like, Oh, we did exactly what you wanted to do. And he's, he's like, like I wanted to talk about. Did what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I don't know how to explain what Brian just did, but it was like a coy But if you like, know Brian, you know what he just cover did. Cover the mouth moment. And it was like a Potter Puppet Pals moment to me. <laughs> like, that is like... It was great. Oh my gosh, lovely. But yes, I do agree with that. And then after that scene, correct me if I'm wrong, but then we get into... They're just going out of the... Straight into Harry's unwrapped package. That's right! <laughs> Someone unwrapped Harry's package! Guess what? It was probably Madame Hooch wanting to touch that broomstick. <laughs> Like, so rude. We so rude. I've been touching Harry's shit. People don't, like, respect his boundaries, but basically he walks into the Great Hall. Seamus is like, let me ride it! After you've had a chance. Harry's like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't even get about? to stroke my broomstick. You want to ride it immediately? And then Hermione's like, here's a feather. <laughs> Period. I don't even know anything else. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, let me go out to the courtyard. Zoom out into the sky, freeze frame. Right, which is like my least favorite thing. Well, okay, we already talked about this like off mic. The ending of this movie versus the ending of the last movie. Still much better this time. Still better. Here's the thing, if it wasn't a weird ass freeze frame, I wouldn't hate it as much. Yeah. Like, especially because the movie is so good. The changes and stuff, like some of them frustrate me as far as how they change. The movie is just so well done and that's just weird. Yeah, it would have been so much cooler to see him like go off into the distance, like see the beautiful scenery of like the mountains or something, yeah. pan out of it or something right. like that. So the weird ass phrase frame. It almost would have been cool to see like them pan out and maybe <clears throat> see like Buckbeak flying through the air. I don't know. But anything other than that freeze frame, I mean, at least like you didn't Hagrid frame. and Dumble having a tea party outside of Hagrid's hut. Okay, that might have been kind of nice. That would have been fine. What I was going to say is at least like he didn't fly around and then everybody came out and started slow clapping. <laughs> I've already done that one. Yeah. But the credits are amazing. The Marauders map throughout the whole thing, the use of it on like the DVD for extra features and stuff and how that's like the theme of it is pretty cool. Yeah. Ryan did mention he likes the two people fucking on the map, which I did not realize. I don't know where it happens in the credits, but at one point, if you look at like the bottom left corner, there are a pair of feet that are like both facing each other, but like the one pair of feet is kind of like in between the other pairs of feet. So like they are obviously very close. They are very close. Someone's sucking basilisk. Mm-hmm. Someone's basilisk is going into Something someone's chamber of secrets. That's right. That's all I'm saying. Or Goblet of Fire. Hey, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? On that note. Surprisingly, we are starting out with plus 30 to Dumbledore. Because of this conversation that he has, I think it's very heartwarming. Also plus 30 to Lupin, because why not? Lupin is amazing. It's very sad to see him go. Plus 30 serious for sending him that letter and Pidgeon. Plus 10 to Trelawney for the prediction. Oh, Trelawney. Plus 10 to Fudge for getting rid of the sheets with a hole. And then <laughs> plus 5 to the squid, because I am you and you are me. We are both a family. I and then thought, plus five to Pidgey. I think you're going to sing I'm the walrus. Cuckoo, cachoo, bitch. Yeah. I'm the giant squid. Are you going to sing? You were yeah, gonna that's, s- those are the lyrics. I am he is, you are he is. I am he and you are he and we are she and you are all a giant squid. Yeah, that's the lyrics. John Lennon wrote those exact lyrics about giant squids. That's good. Uh, plus five to Page Wigeon because he's cute. Yes. Plus 20 to all three of the trio because they had a great year. It was a very rocky one with a lot of ups and downs, but the year ends very well, so that's good. And negative 50 to Snape, <laughs> which I'm sure Tara is very, very happy to hear because he's unhinged. He is fucking unhinged in this. 
chapter in most of this book. So get your shit together. Over the summer, go to rehab, bitch. Yeah. So that was plus 30, Dumble, Loop, and Sirius. Plus 20, Harry, Hermione, Ron. Plus 10, Fudge, Trelawney. Plus 5, Squid, Pidge, Widget, Negative 50, Snape. And we done did it. Woo! Book 3 out. Next time we will be reading no chapter. Yep, we don't like reading anymore. No. This is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Enjoy. I'm, I'm going to hire someone to read the book to me so I can still do the podcast. Hey, Brian. Yes, hi. You want to read us the book next time? We're going to hire Brian to read us the book. And we're going to sit around and get wasted. Okay. Oh my god, that's going to be great. Cool. Yes, please. <laughs> we will, of course, have a wrap-up after this. I will go through all of my points. I have already taken the data and extrapolated it in many fun and exciting ways. And then we will, of course, talk about, you know, our favorite moments and least favorite moments from this book and what we're looking forward to with Goblet of Fire. I will read all of Goblet of Fire to you whilst drunk. That's going to be the next episode. We're not even going to have a season four. We're going to just skip right to season five. Why would we ever do that? Who ever wants to skip to season five? Book five, movie five, Umbridge five. (laughs) Exactly. I'm really excited for for book four. So especially because Brian's going to read it to me drunk. Yep. And I'm going to be drunk while listening to it. So we're going to get a real cohesive story out of that one. So if you thought this podcast was going to get better over time, think again. Right. So before you sign off, don't forget to... (laughs) Before you decide to delete this episode, (laughs) if you usually stop it a few minutes to the end... Hold up, bitch! Hold up. Tara has something to say. Go and subscribe to my friend's podcast. It... Wow. (laughs) Do that. (laughs) Just go to subscribe. My friends... Yeah, right. Go subscribe to my friends, uh, AJ and Ryan... AJ... And holy shit. What are the names? Just, <laughs> go subscribe to Podcast in Death, which is co-hosted by my friends AJ and Jen. I am on episode five, I think. No, seven, something. The no, one that out came out on there. July 31st that I'm on that episode. So, yay. And tune in next week to hear us talk drunkenly about this book as a whole, because it will be fun. We might also have some more emails and shit from you guys yes so if you have any go back and listen to all these podcasts we know you have nothing else better to do send us all of your fuck mary kills we will talk about those. we'll continue talking about those into book four because we love our listeners and let us know if you can want us to continue fuck mary kill i've enjoyed it i figured it would be a book three thing because book three there's three things to judge etc and if you have other fuck mary kills that you want to send our way too i'd be interested to do some of those that would, yeah that would just be fun maybe we'll be like hey we need a break from this book it's long we're just gonna do a fuck mary kill episode oh, that'd be fun that would be fun send us all your fuck mary kills we can't do that unless you do that so dobby pomfrey and the giant squid all right, we're going to be done with this episode. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, ha- enjoy your life, I guess. <laughs> wow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers. And published by Tara Corkery via Podbean. And now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. 
Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch Catch you later, snitches. snitches!